0: hey what's up everyone this is tito the host of the podcast 15 to life the podcast where we talk about life after having a life sentence in prison and today we're, we're jumping back into the prison system um one of the things um ex-cons like myself get asked a lot is about the the movies right how how true is it and you know i think a lot of people do understand that there's a difference between state and federal penitentiaries um you know the feds and a lot of people hear the the club med, club fed um i i've never been in the feds um my understanding is they do have some some perks here and there like some different stuff you can do uh separate from you know the the regular penitentiaries the state penitentiaries um and then there's um what we call the the for-profit uh, prisons where they kind of outsource when the regular prisons can't hold the population. Uh, and that's sad uh, in the state of California that I don't know how many times they send people out of state because they didn't have room in the state prisons because they just keep locking people up. Now, I'll be the first to say, I'm not trying to advocate uh, that people shouldn't go to jail or prison, right? I will say, if you dig in deep to the system itself, uh, you will find that there are a lot of things that put people at a disadvantage and put people in predicaments where they're they're forced into a negative lifestyle, even if they might have just made that one little mistake. And then they're forced into multiple bigger mistakes later because of what the system did and the way the system treats people, especially minorities and people who don't have money. Um, and when you're a minority who doesn't have money, then, wow, you're you're the bottom of the barrel. Uh, that's not to say that white people don't get the crap into the stick, too, because poor whites get treated a lot of times like the rest of us. So, hey, there you go. Anyway, back to movies and reality, movies and reality. As you guys know, uh, just like any lie, a good lie, there is some truth in it, right? Otherwise, it wouldn't be a good lie. Same with movies, um, they're going to take things and exaggerate them and, you know, turn them into something cinematic that people will pay money to go see or, or won't lose their attention because there's some crazy stuff going on, right? So I'm going to reference <clears throat> a movie that shows some real crazy stuff and people probably were like, yeah, that never freaking happened like that. And I'm going to say it probably did for the most part. And that's Goodfellas right? Uh, for those of you who have seen it, you know, they, it's like all the guys go to the feds and they end up in the feds together and they get kind of put up in this like penthouse of a a, a dorm setting, you know, and they're in there cooking steaks and got lobsters and getting
1: bottles of wine
0: and loaves of bread. Now, that kind of crap ain't, ain't really probably happening nowadays, but I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> there's some... There are some guys that got, got it going on, man, uh, and, and some to a bigger extent than others. So I'm going to give you a, a couple of stories, and these are, these are 100% true. I'm not really going to put people's names out there and kind of any of that other stuff, except I'm also going to be talking about myself, and obviously you can kind of trace back where I was and all that good stuff. But let's jump into it. I'm going to start in county jail. All right, so this one's going to be a little thing, but it was still, it, it was a hell of a perk, and and this was me. Um, so I was a trustee. I've talked about that before, which meant, you know, I kind of served breakfast and dinner and, you know, swept and vacuumed and all that good kind of junk, right? Needless to say, one of the, the, the techs, and the techs were basically uh, technicians. They weren't sheriffs. They weren't deputies, right? They were kinda of like free staff that had clearance to come into the jail. But all they did was they open and close the doors. They they went up there and they, they worked in the little control booth, right? So um needless to say, I'm I'm in the building and um the tech that was the relief tech, right? So we had our regular tech five days a week that we all knew. And then we had this relief tech. Um and she would come on, Miss H, right? And um, older black lady, and mind you, uh, my wife's black, but pretty much my entire life I've dated black women, right? So needless to say, this this tech, Miss H, who was always super cool with us, she calls me out. She's like, girl, come to the back, come to the vent, come talk to me. And it's like a little little slot, kind of like one of those security slots where when you go into the, uh, the bulletproof windows at the jack-in-the-box, and they kind of pass your food through that little slot, right? So she opens the slot, and she's like hey, tell me something, I'm like, yeah, what's up, and she's all, you know, and she says somebody's name, and I'm like, yeah, um, I, I, I know, I know him, and then she gives me another name, I'm like, yeah, they're, they're married, they're, matter of fact, I dated their daughter, and she goes, yeah, I know, uh, they said you're a really good guy, and I'm like, oh, wow, you know them, and she's like, yeah, I've been friends with them, you know, forever, and I'm like, wow, um, Hey, uh, uh, I hope that doesn't mean like I can't work. She's like, no, you're good. I, you know, th- I was just telling them that, you know, you were in the unit I work in two days a week. And so I told them I would I would let you know that they say hi and they said their love. And so I was like, hey, let them know I, I said hi. And, you know, I hope they don't think too poorly of me, but I did screw up and, you know, we'll see what happens. Needless to say, this weird six degrees of separation she started bringing me food all the time, right? So I'm talking, you know, we're, we're in there eating the junk food, and that that's pretty much how it is, what you see in movies and TV, right? Sometimes they make it a lot worse than it really is, but it it's, it's nothing anyone would go pay money for, right? But she's bringing me homemade spaghetti, pork chops with bones and stuff we're not supposed to have, and she'd always be like, you better bring my bones back, and I would, and I'd share with my celly, and, you know... It it was cool, but it was something small, right? But once again, something we weren't supposed to have, something that happens. So I wanted to start you off light, <laughs> so that 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 was a light thing. So let's move forward. Almost two years, right? Mind you, I was fighting my case for pretty much two years before I actually got convicted in trial and then went off to prison. So I'm actually out to court. Um, they moved me from Santa Rita, which is Alameda County Jail, to North County which is right there in, in downtown Oakland, and you're basically right off, you know, you're you're a few blocks down from where the uh, the uh, Superior, Supreme Court, whatever the hell it is, I forget now. But they move you there when you're in trial so that they don't have to bus you all the way from Dublin, which is kind of far out where the, the regular county jail is at. So I get moved there, and there's these five Asian dudes, that have been fighting like this this big case right like this whole like this crazy you know murder gambling extortion like the whole nine right it's just this whole crazy thing but news say this dude is like this one dude they're telling me like he's got everything like you know anything you could want this fool can get and i'm thinking to myself man it's it's freaking county jail you don't you're lucky if you might get some nice food every once in a while, you know, but what what else are you going to really get, right? And there was one thing that a lot of us that were fighting cases had, we, you, you could get a Walkman, and I know, I know a lot of you listening, especially the younger cats are probably like, what the hell is a Walkman? A cassette tape player, right? So we could get our, our, our uh, depositions and stuff when they would do recorded interviews with people um you could request them through court you would get a court order saying you could have a walkman a, a a device to play recordings on basically so you could listen to these um depositions and stuff where people are basically instead of just reading a transcript you could actually listen to it and then what we would do is figure out ways to to get tapes in with music <laughs> so you would listen to your music right so you know, I'm thinking, yeah, this dude probably has a Walkman and probably got a bunch of tapes. Big freaking deal. So do I. Because I had a Walkman and I had probably 10 different tapes. Back in those days, I was, uh, especially because when I got locked up, Tupac had just got killed. So, you know, I, was, I was a big Tupac fan. And so I had like every Tupac album on tape. Uh, needless to say, um, I'm thinking, you know, this dude, he, I probably got, just as much as he do maybe he got a little bit more because he actually been here five years so i i hear all this stuff they're like nah this dude man he'd be watching tv he'd be doing this and they they bring him like bags full of stuff and i'm like yeah whatever so i get to san quentin later and i know i said this was a county jail one but i'll get back to it right i'll get to uh san quentin and this dude and all his crimeys uh they all get convicted of murder or whatever and they show up i'm um, I got a murderer, They got murders, and and we're all in the same car. We're all others. So I get to talking to them, and and they're telling me. And I'd heard about it, and pretty much what I heard about their their case was all true. But I start talking to the one guy, and I'm like, hey, bro, um, is it true, man? I heard I heard you were you were doing it big in North County. He's like, oh, man, yeah, I ain't going to lie, I'm going to miss that place. I'm like, what? You know, we're in prison. We have way more stuff in prison. He's like, nah, nah, man. I had, I had everything in there. He goes, I'm going to see if I can work my way like that now. And I would not be surprised if he's still doing time and, and got a gang of stuff now, too. But needless to say, what he told me was he's doing all these stock things. He started putting up the, the, the sheriffs on this stuff. And when these fools started actually making some money off of his advice. Uh, yeah, they pretty much would give him anything to keep getting advice. So they were bringing him like Wall Street Journals, what, whatever other business periodicals he wanted. They brought him um, a little TV. He told me one time, and his cellie was in there too, mind you. So his Celly's telling me the same thing. Like they brought him a duffel bag. Like, you don't have a duffel bag in freaking county jail. Hell, you don't even have one in prison. They brought him a duffel bag full of food, uh, a watchman. They 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 brought him a little TV and a DVD player so he could watch movies and stuff. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, dude, I had everything. Like, everything, everything said he would tell him where he wants food from. And he would have someone buy all the food and feed them too, but they would bring the food into him and I'm just like, wow. So he was doing it big and he was a trustee over there. So he you know, he could walk around but like he had everything he wanted in his cell, right? So that's a county jail showing how, you know, you you can you can be in in a bad predicament facing, you know, all day life sentence, right? And still have it pretty damn good. Now, let's fast forward it. I'm in prison for a while. Mind you, after I got my life sentence overturned, I uh, like I I was making wine. I was making pruno in county jail all the time because I just I just didn't care. I was like, you know what? They're they're trying to give me a life sentence. You know, whatever. I'm gonna drink and and do what I do, right? So when I got to prison, I got a life sentence, and I'm thinking the only way I'll ever ever get home is if I don't do anything, right, so I stopped the the drinking and all that stuff, but as soon as that life sentence got overturned, and I came back, it wasn't that I was willing to get caught with wine, because I wasn't, but now I was kind of like, hmm, maybe I'll start messing around in here, <laughs> and, and I did, and, and I ended up getting moved out of the lifer building, so one, one block was the lifer building, like, all the lifers pretty much went there, because everyone's on closed custody, and, Close custody basically means like certain times of day and especially at night, like you couldn't be outside. So that means the majority of that building was inside at night at a certain time and people got counted differently than everyone else, right? So a little bit higher security per se. So when I get my life sentence overturned and then I'm off closed custody, they move me out the building. So I go to three block, um, three building, I'm going to say my whole time being down three and 13 were the the buildings but three building oh I I never had it so good so when I first get in there it was just another building whatever um I started kind of building rapport with with the cops and stuff and and so basically inside of a building um they'll have these boards and it might be different now mind you I'm talking you know it's been almost 11 years so They would have these boards and they type up like people's names and they have like every cell and then they put, depending on what what race or what car you're in, they have a different colored index card that they use and then they cut up and then they put your names on there and as as you move, they move them around the board, right? And and they do other things like if if they need a write-up done or something or they want to document something, they need someone to do that work and they don't have an official job position for that. So they usually have what's called a building clerk, which is just someone who kind of does it ad hoc. Like you you have a job, but you do that too on the side. And then you get to do some other things, like they have phones. And then there's a phone sign-up list for all day, but really the only time it matters is at night. So people want their phone time. So I got this little building clerk job, which also meant I got to walk around and do the phone list. Now there's people that always want time. Now, you're never supposed to do that, right? And the cops are supposed to check it and make sure that they don't see the same person the same day, the same time, blah, 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 all that kind of good stuff, right? So it never happens, right? Bullshit. It happens all the time. And either the cops are just cool with it because they know no one's going to say anything or they're not cool with it. And then you usually charge people to put them on the phone because, you know, there's there's certain times that are very coveted, right? (laughs) Like the, the, the good times when... The yard is usually open or before the yard opens and people want to be able to get out of their cell. If you have phone time, you can get out of your cell. Anyway, so I had that job and I made my little money off of it by hustling off spots. For the most part, I didn't care. And I'd always tell people, man, when someone else needs a call, if you have that phone every day at 7.15, sometimes you're going to lose that time. And they just knew that. And I was very respectful to all races. I didn't play favorites or anything like that. And I usually had premium time booked for myself and anyone who really needed to use the phone i always let them use it you know that was just the way i got down but anyway doing this thing for the building cops meant they didn't search my cell or anything right because i'm their guy so i started making wine again so then i started uh we we played pinochle with the black dude in there um who was kind of like Shot collar dude for you know a lot of the blacks in there you know he, he'd he been around a while a lifer then it was us and then every once in a while we let you know someone else might come play pinochle with us and stuff but we all drank and we all like smoking cigars at the time tobacco was still illegal just you, you weren't supposed to smoke in the building but we got it to the point where those those cops in there and mind you this is where i kind of go good fellows but not so much they they just knew we ran the building like we knew everything that was going on and we could deal with everything and it made their job easy right um and it at first it was kind of unspoken and then it just became like we, we were just out there with it like they knew we drank and they knew if they went around busting everyone making alcohol they're gonna upset us and then we're not happy so we're gonna not care what happens in the building and we pretty much made sure the building didn't get crazy so the cops had it easy you know and they appreciated that so it got to a point where instead of like some of the things building cops might do is if they tell everyone to lock their doors and one person doesn't have to be a bunch of people one person doesn't shut their door and lock it in time they they might go search that person's cell and then they might because of that go search a whole bunch of people's cells because now they got to go up there walk up the stairs and go shut this person's door so now they're gonna you know make a point to piss everyone off and let them know that it's because of this one dude right so that's like normal program in a regular building in our building nah that door be open they call one of us over to the office and be like hey man what's up with you know 223 and we'd be like what's up man and like whatever race it was like if it was a black dude my boy would go deal with it if it was the other if it was white i'd usually go talk to one of the whites and be like hey man you need to go check your boy don't let him do that shit again but we had it to where we kept it easy on the cops so we had wine all day and night. we smoked in the building to the point where matter of fact, the only guard that wasn't necessarily okay with the stuff we were doing was the tower cop, and he was the one that you know pops doors open the sally port and all that kind of stuff. But because he's upstairs, he kind of just you know, hey the the floor cops, they're the ones that have to you know push come to shove. they're the ones that are in harm's way, not him. He's up there with a the gun and everything, so he's good. So he kinda just let it roll and what he would do anytime a sergeant, Lieutenant, anyone else was coming to the building, he we'd be in there drinking, smoking cigars the whole nine. He would come over and be like, Hey, and put three fingers on his on his sleeve, which meant three stripes or a sergeant, right? And we know, oh shit, sergeant's coming. Put out the cigars, put the drinks up, put it over in the garbage can or something sergeant come through and be like hey what's up yeah okay And the sergeant leave okay back to normal program we ran that building we want to get in and out we get in and out whenever we want we want to do something we do it we want to get someone else's cell open and go in there which is a write up you can't be in other people's cells we do it we want to keep our cell open so we can cook because we're going to feed a bunch of people we did it like we ran that freaking building hands down now other cops yard cops SNI i Search and Investigation, a little prison task force. They would come in and hit cells and take stuff. Like we had metal hot pots so we could fry fish and stuff. They'd take that stuff. And then we'd just wait, go to the building cop, go up where they put all the contraband and get our stuff back. It was just how it was, you know? To the point where sometimes people would get caught with stuff and we'd be able to get them off the hook and, you know, hey, they won't do it again. Don't worry about it. Whatever. They would search my cell and and i can't this is not a joke i had this box that i made it was huge it, we called it the coffin it was like it i i could hold a good like almost 40 gallons in it and mind you it, it had to be like under a foot tall because the the bunk that's what you could kind of fit under there like a banker's box right and then we had to make it super long and it might even be more. It might have been more like 50 or 60 gallons. I mean, but we had to tie sheets around it to pull it out and push it back in. But it was so heavy, like you damn near get a hernia when it was full of alcohol, of pruno. And I'll never forget one time the cops like, come on, man, I got to search. And I'd be like, all right. And I step out. And he he kind of just moves stuff around. He wouldn't search really, but he'd go in there and do make it look good. And he grabbed that damn rope and he was pulling. He's like, damn, man, what the fuck you got in here? And I'm like, dude, leave my drinks alone, man. I don't go in your office going through your refrigerator to leave mine alone. He's like, man, you're crazy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, just leave it alone because it might bust and then it's going to stink in here. You just leave. And I also had this big box that I had to kind of leave just sitting out. <clears throat> it was basically, if you've ever ordered like something that comes in dry ice especially back in the day they would send it like in a cooler in a in know old school like styrofoam cooler inside of a box so when i worked in the kitchen they would get these samples and stuff sent in for the the cooks to try out you know trying to get them to buy some new kind of product so i took one of these boxes it was basically a cooler you know what i mean so i took it and i brought it back and so every time when i would come back from work i would bring a big old bag of ice and so I basically had a refrigerator. You know, I had a cooler in my cell. Cause I went to work every day. Even the days I didn't work, I'd go in for a couple hours just to get ice. And I bring my ice back, I fill that thing up. I had bell peppers in there, onions, I kept sodas in there, um freaking um juice, like like I would fill up containers full of like Kool-Aid and stuff. Ice cold, and mind you, you know, in vacaville California summertime it, it hits over 100 and you know it's that dry heat i mean people used to come and bag me just to give them the ice water that was sitting in there from the melted ice so and, and, and i mean we bring back raw meat triple bag it up put it in there keep it fresh for a few days until we were ready to cook i mean we we just we, we were living as good as we could right we would uh, rig up little um uh, hot plates so we could cook we had our hot pots to cook with chopsticks big wooden spoons, everything, but I'll never forget, <clears throat> they switched cops in the building once, and uh, the new cops, they were like, we hate wine, so they started going through and busting every dude in there making alcohol, every dude, and my boy Pitt, the black dude, he's like, man, this ain't cool, man, we gotta do something, I'm like, man, they're they're like rookies, man, they're not gonna wanna listen to us, he's all, nah, dude, we gotta do something, because they're they they're taking all of our stuff away, because we drank every day, every day, I would have alcohol, Pitt would have alcohol, and then we had like five other people that would make alcohol, alcohol that would give us alcohol, because when they ran out, we let them have some of ours, so someone was always cooking up a batch, and they were, they were busting all of our other people, so we, we both went up there with our pitchers, our And our pitchers are basically, they're they're pitchers with, like, big tumblers you drink out of. They hold, like, a liter of uh, whatever, right? And we walk up with our pitchers full of wine, and we're like, hey, man, you know, you guys probably want to stop messing with the dudes with the alcohol. Just let that go. And they're like, man, that's nasty stuff. You guys don't drink that. We both just cracked our cups up, and we're like, man, we do this every day. This is how we relax after work. We just need you to leave them the hell alone. And then the the cop in the tower was the only cop that was the same cop. Once again, I told you, he wasn't really cool with what we did. But at the same time, he respected the fact he never had to shoot no one in the building. So he got on the little speaker and he's like, they're telling you the truth. They'll keep the building straight. You might want to listen to them. And after that day, they never searched for alcohol again. And anytime they had a problem, they just came to us. So long-winded stories here, but just to tell you, there is some stuff in there that you can have some perks, you can not have it nice, now the other thing was while I was in that building is when I had all my other stuff, and I'll do another podcast on that, but I did have a DVD player, I had a Game Boy, I had um, cell phones, what else, I had all kinds of iPod, I uh, had all kinds of crazy junk, right, um, and then I got busted and they took all that stuff too but that's another story so anyway that's the story about how some of the stuff you might see in movies is real some of it isn't um i will go into some four instances next time like if you watch power or if you used to watch that show prison break back in the day i used to watch it while i was in prison so it was it was funny especially when they were showing cell phones <laughs> but anyway uh, i'll do some you know does that that kind of stuff really happen anyway this is tito like subscribe drop a comment tell a friend and i'll see y'all next time